Hello everybody, this sermon is entitled Making Resolutions with Jesus and it's based on Luke 2 verses 41 to 52. I still remember the day I got separated from my mum. It is still vivid in my mind, the emotions so memorable. It happened one afternoon when I was nine or ten and leaving school. Mum and Dad were trying to make me a bit more independent, so slowly but surely they were meeting me further and further away from the school gates. Whereas they used to meet me right at the gates, then they started meeting me at a very minor road junction, just 200 yards down the road, then at the duck pond, a little bit further still. Anyway, this day, for some unknown reason, I was expecting Mum to meet me at the minor road. She, however, was waiting at the duck pond, no doubt chatting with the other parents doing the same. I walked the 200 yards to the minor road and stopped. I waited and waited and she wasn't there. So after a while I walked back to the school to see if I'd missed it anywhere. No, not there. I went back to the road and waited some more. Still no one. Now by this point mum had taught us that if for any reason she was late we were to go to the school office and wait there. So next I did that. Waited for a while. Still no one. We got the secretary to ring home. No answer. These were the days before mobile phones. At this point, as the staff were going home, I saw my best friend and his mum about to leave and I called out to them, asked if they would take me with them so I could wait there. This they did and from their house I phoned my grandmother to tell her where I was. Anyway, cut a long story short, all this time mum had been at the duck pond and even walked up to the road to find me, only she had been there when I'd been back at the school gates and we'd kept missing each other. Eventually, worried sick, she went home and beginning to panic, rang my grandmother just to tell her that I was lost. She had no idea where I was, beginning to think the worse. Of course, grandma told her where I was and about five o'clock, two hours after the end of school, she turned up at my best friend's house to pick me up. Now, let me describe to you how this went. She walked in the door. I heard it open. Have you got Andrew? She asked. Yes, he's here. Oh, thank you. What a relief. A quiet, grateful, hugely relieved voice. And because of that, I thought I was safe. I came into the hall so we could all go home. At this, all the emotions came out. The guilt, the relief, the worry, all blended together and blurted out as one mighty accusation. Where on earth have you been? I was worried sick. Why did you walk to the duck pond? Why did you not wait at school? I've looked everywhere for you. It was like standing in front of a tornado. I've never seen my mum like that. I've never seen her since like that. She took me home. There was silence in the car. It was all very uncomfortable. On reaching home, she'd calmed down. She gave me the biggest hug and apologised, told me she loved me and that she'd been so worried. 26 years on and I still remember it. Such was the intensity of the emotions involved. Being separated from your children is no small matter. No wonder then that this, in Luke 2, is the only story from the first 30 years of Jesus' life that gets recorded. This then is a story I guess most parents can relate to. A story again that shows us how human Jesus was. A human child in a human family. 
Yet of course within it, this story shows again that in Jesus' humanity something truly special lies. His father and his priorities are out of this world. Twelve years of childhood have passed since the birth in Bethlehem. Little Jesus has learnt to talk and walk, run and play. His childhood is not recorded as it was just like any other. And so as with all the other children, young Jesus would have looked forward to festival time. Like Christmas and Easter today, Passover was one of the highlights of the year and the children counted down the days. Each year, Passover was celebrated. Each year, the Jews remembered the exodus from Egypt under Moses. Each year, all those living away from the capital would descend on Jerusalem to celebrate. For Mary and Joseph, the journey from Nazareth would take three whole days. So they would travel with all the other families from the neighbourhood in one big caravan of people. The whole community travelled together for comfort and protection. The adults would laugh and chat together. The children would join up and run up and down the caravan of adults, joking and playing and filled with excitement. This was the great adventure of the year. The children would, of course, be safe. All the neighbours and families knew each other. They'd all watch out for each other's children. I guess it was a bit like living on Isla. And of course, it's this tight-knit rural community where children could play free that explains how Jesus could go so long unmissed. On the way back from the festival, his parents, Mary and Joseph, had been travelling for a whole day before they realised that little Jesus wasn't with them. For that day, they would have just assumed he was playing with the other kids further up the line. They didn't need to check up all the time. So you can only imagine their anxiety when they came to rest that night. The caravan stops and Jesus isn't there. You can imagine them beginning to speak to friends and neighbours. Have you seen the lad? Have you seen Jesus? To little Tommy, his best friend who lived next door. Have you seen Jesus recently? And as slowly but surely they all answered, No, we, we haven't seen him at all today. You can imagine Mary and Joseph getting more and more alarmed. Now they're shouting, Jesus, Jesus, where are you? Jesus, come for tea. Jesus, this isn't funny anymore. Come out. Still nothing. Silence. No one's seen him. They have no answer. Where can he be? Well, he can't have got left at the roadside with a stone in his shoe or tripped up somewhere because someone in the caravan would have stopped to help him. So slowly it dawns on them. They must have left him behind, in the city, in the big, crawling, capital city. Now, rural villagers are nervous about big cities at the best of times. They were large, dangerous places full of dark alleys and strange people, soldiers and traders. Jesus, there, all on his own? That was a truly terrifying prospect. And you can imagine Mary breaking into tears, wailing out loud, inconsolable. And Jesus doing his best to calm his hysterical wife down. Then they leave the caravan and rush back another day's journey to Jerusalem. Then they root around the city, high and low, all the places that they've been. And by the time they finally reach the temple... Because let's face it, that's the last place most 12-year-olds would go to in a big, exciting city, is the church. Jesus has been lost for three whole days and his parents would have been frantic. 
My mum was bad after three hours. Just imagine losing a 12-year-old for three days in a city. So like my mum, when Mary catches sight of him in the temple calmly listening to the teachers, because clearly they didn't have child protection policies back then, Mary is about ready to explode. Mary blurts out, full of emotion, How could you treat us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you, brackets. We've been worried sick, close brackets. And this tirade of relief and guilt and upset comes pouring out, much as it did with my mother. And I'm sure all the parents can recognise it, just as we've said. But what no parent will recognise amongst us is Jesus' answer. Because quite simply, it's extraordinary. What he says, in effect, is, No, mum, you and my father have not been looking for me because I've been in my father's house all the time. Now, verse 50 in the NIV simply follows that answer with these words. But Mary and Joseph did not understand what he was saying to them. They did not understand what he was saying. That's the understatement of the year. Just imagine you've been frantically looking for your son for three days, and when he's found, he turns around and says that. Just imagine how Joseph must have felt. I know some families today record in a book the funny things that their children say. Well, there was no need for Joseph to record this. It would have felt like a stab through the heart. No, Mary and Joseph did not understand. No, they did not see that this was Jesus claiming to be God. No, they did not see the significance. Instead, I wonder how they did react. Were they stunned into silence? Were they angry? Did Joseph give them a clip round the ear? Probably not. They were in the temple after all. People watching wouldn't want to make a scene. How did they respond? Being no doubt, this is an extraordinary moment. After 12 years of normal childhood, Mary and Joseph have been reminded again that theirs is no ordinary child. And no, they didn't understand. They were wondering and reflecting and questioning once more. Just when they thought they were beginning to get it. Just when they thought they were beginning to understand what the angels had said all those years ago, Jesus has now eluded their comprehension once more. He's far more than they expected. They just cannot take him for granted. There's so much more to learn about him. Their child is just not like all the others who spend their time kicking footballs and telling stories and playing with parents. Of course, Jesus did those things. He was human. And after this, he did go home and was obedient to his parents, as it says in verse 51. But this child had completely different priorities to most, completely different views on life. And slowly but surely, people will see them. And this is the point of the story. It's in the understandable pain and anguish of his mother and father that we see so clearly just how different their child's priorities are to everyone else's. So for just a few moments, I want us to look at what this story shows some of those priorities to be, so that we can try to follow them ourselves. 
It's very easy to look at Jesus, the son of Father God, and see him as an exception, someone who we will never match. But this story shows us that Jesus was really human, and he became human to show us how to live and walk with God. Therefore, if at 12 years old he could demonstrate some of these new priorities, then so can our 12-year-olds, and so certainly can we. And in this reading, we see the priorities that Jesus had that helped him grow and mature and gain favour with God and man. And as we're about to begin the new year, let us make a commitment, a resolution if you like, to try and follow some of the same. First of all, Jesus prioritised the word of God. When Jesus was found, he was at the feet of the rabbis discussing theology. Through asking questions and getting answers, he was trying to find out more about God and the scriptures. In fact, he was so committed to trying to learn them, he already knew a surprising amount. Jesus was human and he wanted to know more. He was hungry for the word of God. He earnestly sought understanding. Therefore, we need to do the same. I really want to encourage us all to prioritise God's word in this coming year. Let's commit to setting time aside each day to read it, maybe 10 minutes in the morning or the evening or maybe over lunch, 15 minutes a day and you can read the whole Bible in a year. Do it. It will deepen your faith hugely. Attend the Bible study this year. Watch sermons online. Go deeper. Reflect. Ask. Answer questions. Find out more. God's word gives encouragement and instruction. It's living and it's active. We actually meet God through it and find him speaking into our situations every day. If Jesus needed to do this, then so do we. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's make a resolution to read God's word this year. It's our love letter from God. It's how we deepen our relationship with him. Christian leader Rick Warren once wrote, Reading the Bible generates life. It produces change. It heals hurts. It builds character. It transforms circumstances. It imparts joy. It overcomes adversity. It defeats temptation. It infuses hope. It releases power. It cleanses the mind. It's spiritual food. Let's prioritise God's word just like the 12-year-old Jesus did. Secondly, Jesus prioritised the presence of God. When questioned by his mother, Jesus replied, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? This is Jesus showing he is God. He knows who he is. He is the father's son and as such he prioritises spending time with him. The head of the Baptist Union of Great Britain used to be a man named Roy Searle. He was a pastor before he took on the role, but now he leads a Baptist monastic movement that organises retreats and spiritual direction called the Northumbria Community. The change came when one day his young boy came into his office. He just sat down and looked at his dad who was working hard at his desk, as usual, hours and hours typing away sermons, admin, paperwork. And eventually Roy spotted his son and looked up to him wistfully. He stopped for a moment and asked, What do you want, son? 
Do you want some paper to colour a picture? No. Do you want a book to read? No. Do you want me to get you something? No. Well, what do you want? He asked in a distracted voice from his very important Baptist minister work. I just want to be with you, Dad, he said, and carried on sitting just looking up at him quite content. And that moment changed Roy's life. He heard God say, I want you to just be with me. And that's taken Roy on the journey he's been on towards retreat and reflection and providing the opportunity for others. And I've benefited much from Roy's ministry. Our God wants us to spend time with him. And if the 12-year-old Jesus could work that out, then so can we. This coming year, we need to prioritise spending time with God. Of course, that involves prayer and quiet times, but it also means meeting in God's temple. Now, that temple is not a building in Jerusalem anymore. It's not even the church building here on Isla. God's temple is found when believers gather together as the church to worship and pray and fellowship together. God is there when we meet together. So this year we need to prioritise Sundays and Zoom meetings and not keep making excuses. Of course, things come up occasionally, but nothing is more important in life than being in the presence of the Lord. Let us make a resolution to follow the 12-year-old Jesus and prioritise time in God's house, time meeting together. Finally, Jesus prioritised service. Despite the astonishingly blunt statement to his parents about prioritising his father in heaven, Jesus did leave the temple to live a life described as obedient to his parents. With the teaching and the worship, there was integrity in his actions. He loved Mary and Joseph, served them, and as a result, the people looking on in Nazareth were impressed. Let's not forget this this coming year either. Worship and teaching are our first priorities, but we must also remain committed to loving and serving family and friends and neighbours. This year we must show God in our actions, our service, our respect of elders and others. That's not just a lesson for our 12-year-olds, but for all of us. So to conclude then, in the great anguish of his parents in this story, we see that Jesus was a very human child. But in his very real humanity, he lived with a surprising set of priorities. His parents were constantly being challenged to reflect and think on what he was doing, and we must do the same. We must not get stuck in a rut thinking that we understand Jesus completely and just go on doing the things we always do. Instead, we must keep checking and keep trying to live with his priorities. At the turn of the year, it's a good time to make resolutions to live differently next year. Let's then prioritise learning more of God's word, gathering as church in God's presence and serving others. If we do that, then in 2021, we too will grow in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man, just as the 12-year-old Jesus did.